This is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? <laughs> oh, come on. I'm with you. So, thank you. Yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio. With thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Here's Todd Bergeff. Hey, thanks for joining us for the podcast uh, once again today. Sean Bolson uh, joins us on the telephone this morning uh, for the podcast. And well, Sean, we're just a few days away now from the Vikings season opener. We wait a long time uh, for uh, the NFL season to come around again and for the Vikings. And then we get two games in five days because they turn right around and play on Thursday night uh, against Philadelphia. And that being the case, Sean, I think that makes this game one against Tampa super important because if you win that one, then if you lose to Philadelphia the following Thursday, it isn't quite as bad on you. But if you start 0-2, it's kind of tough. Yeah, it's not fun to start 0-2. Uh, you know, big picture season, I think we're going to be okay. I think we're more of an 8-10 win team this year. Mm. Um, you know, I do think, you know, playoffs, I think we can probably win our division. We've got a couple new teams where, you know what, the, it's really a coin flip in the Central. If you look at or in the North, if you look at, you know, Green Bay, Chicago, and Detroit, I mean, they all are decent teams. I do think we should rise above them all, but yeah. Getting off to 0-2 wouldn't be a great start. Playing Philly in Week 2, uh, definitely not a guaranteed win there. But, uh, you know, Tampa Bay comes in with a lackluster offense from last year, moving on for some changes. Uh, you know, I think this is a game that we're going to get. Baker Mayfield is the quarterback there now in yep. Tampa, uh, a guy who has, you know, was the number one overall pick for Cleveland. He actually led him to a road playoff victory while he was there, and yet the fans didn't seem to appreciate him that much, and he gave them reason to, of course, with a, a number of interceptions and fumbles of the football. He's not very big or very fast. Does have a pretty good arm, but the Vikings uh, hopefully can get to him. I, my biggest concern on the defense, I think, Sean, is a pass rush. Outside of Daniil Hunter, who's going to be able to get to the quarterback? I think they're going to rely pretty heavily on those blitzing schemes of Flores. And, I mean, you know, if you're blitzing too much, that leaves your, your secondary uh, in man coverage. And if they don't hold up, you can give up some quick touchdowns. It is. I think this is one of the uh, quarterbacks we've talked about, Jared Goff, for the uh, Lions, where yep. if you get pressure on them, you know, they're just not nearly as accurate if they get we hadn't hit a couple times. Yeah. It's it's going to be crucial not to let Mayfield just stand back there, have a clean pocket, and, and rip it. Because he can. You know, he's yep. a little guy, but he's got a big arm. Yep. So, uh, you know, with with some of the new defensive schemes, getting people in there, you know, Daniil Hunter, uh, you know, back to doing what Daniil Hunter does. Um, you know, our D-line, it'll be interesting to see if we can get some pressure. But, um, you know, I think this is a game we definitely go into it and we think, hey, our offense is going to be able to score some points, which – We've always thought they could, but it's a matter of how many points our defense is going to give up. And um, that's going to be key, getting pressure on him, getting him out of his comfort zone so our defense can make some big plays because we're going to need him to. Yeah, no doubt about that. And and I like that Harrison Smith, you know, when they ran Donatel's defense last year and it was that shell defense, which is not that uncommon in the NFL. There's plenty of other teams playing a, a version of that, although I don't know if they were quite as soft as the Vikings shell last year. But what that defense did was it took Harrison Smith out of one of the things I think he does best, which is be up near the line of scrimmage causing trouble. Yeah, it definitely is. And, and you're right. <clears throat> and and the thought, you know, I've, I've looked at that defense quite a bit. Yeah. And they say, hey, the shell. And what you're really doing is you're trying to keep everything in front of you and you're banking that at some point your team is good enough to cause a mistake. Yeah. Right. You give up little little chunks, little pieces. You stiff 
happen when you need to. You bend but don't break. We've all heard that. But our defense just wasn't a good, good enough to, to make those mistakes, to yeah. get anything like that. So having Harrison Smith come down in the, in the box where, you know, he can pressure the quarterback, he can stop the run, he can just create havoc, you know, with his, whether it's, it's, it's jamming on a tight end or just having him around the line of scrimmage, good things happen when he's there. So I'm excited that he's not going to be 20 yards back just kind of yeah. patrolling like a center fielder, not really being involved. Yeah, and 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 again, uh, captaining uh, the defense and and getting guys yep. in the right positions. It it's invaluable to have a guy like Harrison Smith when you have quite a few new players uh, that'll be starters uh, for the Vikings here. You know, and and along that defensive line, you know, their defensive starting ends are Jonathan Bullard and Dean Lowry. Well, I don't even know who those guys are very well. So it it is a lot of new faces on that defensive side. Won't it be the defense this year that'll tell the story? I think the Vikings offense is going to put up points. They're going to be a a top five offense potentially in the NFL, at least top ten. It's the defense that's going to decide what kind of season they have here. It is. And you know what? That's kind of been our story recently. Yeah. And I think it continues. You know, at the end of the Mike Zimmer era, our defense stunk, and yeah. he was supposed to be the defensive specialist. So, yeah. obviously, you know, none of us really loved the scheme that we were in last year. We like the scheme better this year, but we've seen over the past five years, regardless of the scheme, it's personnel. Yeah. And where do we feel? How do we feel about our personnel? You know, uh, yeah, safeties, I'm okay. Corners, I'm a little bit, you know, questioning. And linebackers and D-line, to be honest, they're just unproven at this point. Yeah. Um, and every year people come into this league, and they either fail or they succeed. And we need, you know, a good chunk of those guys to succeed, to make names for themselves. And, and uh, you know, we don't have an Aaron Donald. We don't have anybody who's just going to absolutely control the line of scrimmage. No. But if we can have guys that can do their job and improve each game, you know, yeah, we need the defense to be good, and I think we can be okay. Then I think you can be a 10-7, and seven, yeah. you know, 11-6 and six kind of team. I don't think we're going 13-4, and four, but I think we're still, you know, should be right up there to win the division. One of the one of the key additions for them was Marcus Davenport. They hope that he can provide some yep. some pass rush from that outside linebacker spot. It's still a three four uh, that that uh, Flores runs, just like Donatel. So the Vikings didn't go back to the traditional four three that they had run uh, their entire franchise history up until last season. So they're going to stick with the three four, uh, which can work and it can be multifaceted. I think we'll see times where the Vikings have one or two guys with their hand on the ground and the others will be floating and moving before the snap of the football just to create more confusion on the offensive side. It might be pretty interesting to watch. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, the thing with that 3-4 is if you have three defensive linemen that can take up one or two and tie up the offensive mm-hmm. linemen, what that really does is let those linebackers flow without much pressure. Yep. And that's the whole thought of it. And, you know, so to get the three defensive linemen down there that can command a double team, or just wreak havoc in the middle so your linebackers can have three shots of the quarterback to the run game, you know, that's going to be the key. So a lot of it is going to, to bank on those defensive linemen to free those linebackers up to be able to go make some plays. Yeah. The exciting part of the Vikings, of course, is over on the offensive side. I'm excited to see what Cousins can do now for the first time that he's in the same offense for two consecutive years, going all the way back to when he was being coached by Kyle Shanahan in Washington when he was the offensive coordinator there. First time in his Vikings career he's been in the same offense two years in a row. That can only help. 
it can only help. And then if I look at T.J. Hawkinson, who I have as a top four tight end in the entire league, mm-hmm. you got J.J., you got Osborne, you got Addison. You got Madison, who, to be honest, Delvin Cook was fine, but Madison, it's not like it was a big drop-off when he came in right. last year. Right. Because especially in today's offense, I mean, your running back is your running back, and you need them, and you can use it to set up this or that. But, um, you know, the offensive line is back. Um I would like to see, you know, some consistency at the center spot. Uh, you know, I think we're we've, we're okay at the tackles. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's, we're still, I don't want to say unproven because they've been together, but you still question how locked down that O-line is going to be when they, you know, what, give up the third most sacks last year of anybody in the league and we're yeah. the same team. But, you know, we need to see some people take a step up. And uh, offense is definitely going to be where the excitement comes uh, watching the Vikings on Sunday. You know, when, when I hear uh, NFL quarterbacks or former QBs or coaches talk, they always say, you know, the tackles are out on an island. Just push your guy wide, uh, and I can, I can get around it and work and, and still complete passes down the field. But if they get pressure right through the middle, right up in their face immediately, like an Aaron Donald does that, that you referenced here a little bit ago, that's when it gets tough. And unfortunately, it's the same three guys back this year that the Vikings had last year and the year yeah. before. Well, no, Ed Ingram was a rookie last year, so it's his second year this year. So those guys need to show a lot of improvement. But the problem is that what Bradbury struggles with is these big physical defensive tackles they tend to be able to kind of manhandle him in there a little bit I don't know that he's going to be able to improve that he's just not quite bulky enough to stand up to some of those guys so uh, they're going to need help and I think that's why they kept uh, uh, the fullback uh, CJ Ham. I mean it's not a fullback yep. offense but they kept him I think it's going to be to provide maybe in certain situations a little more pass protection yeah Bradbury has struggled with the big guys yep. you know uh, and Ingram you know, he's one of the guys when I was talking about needing to see step. I mean, yep. now we go to year two, um, you know, I think he can take a big step this year and he needs to because, you know, the center of that line, you know, when you get big pressure up front, and that's what we're talking how for the Vikings defense, how important are the three down linemen are. When you can win the line of scrimmage on the defensive side of the ball, you you really force the offense to do a lot of things they don't want to do. Yeah, And Bradbury's never going to be that all-pro center that you're just gawking at but he's sufficient right now in the off season uh it was interesting early on when you you heard about you know looks and moves and what are we going to do you know i think everybody had a pretty good idea he was going to be our center coming back which i think we all were a little surprised because we thought hey is there something where we can upgrade here they wanted to stick with him uh you know banking ingram's going to take a step forward but um yeah i don't know uh there's uh you know really like kind of the step he took last year um you know i i think i think we're going to be okay yeah. um the key is those uh teams with you know the philadelphia eagles the teams with those big d lines that can dominate a line of scrimmage we're probably going to struggle with that like most of the other teams yeah sure but yeah. we need to find a way to put up enough points to win those games brian o'neill got injured last year missed the second half of the season they need him yep. to be back and healthy at that right tackle spot when he's healthy right. and derisau is a good left tackle i mean they spent a first round draft pick on him a high one uh so he's been good but again a same guy some injury history for him so they need those guys to be healthy and if they are i think they're a good set of tackles yep i completely agree with yeah. you yeah so uh, the Vikings will take on the Bucks. Uh, uh, do you think it's uh, the other the other issue facing the Vikings 
uh, is the contract situation of Justin Jefferson. He's under contract, but the Vikings and Jefferson have made it no secret uh, that they would like to have him signed to an extension before the season begins. Well, we're only have a few days before the season begins. I hope that if that doesn't get done, that it doesn't become a bit of a distraction. But I don't think it will. Jefferson seems pretty locked in. Yeah, I, I think he is locked in. And I think, I mean, it, it it's kind of a like a big math project today when you come up with these contracts because, yep. you know, it's comparative contracts. What are other people getting? What have they done? And so, you know, uh, I, I had one other thing in life where I, I was in a negotiation and the guy said, hey, you're not going to feel great about it, and the other side's not going to feel great about it, and that means we kind of met somewhere in the middle. Yep. That's probably, you know, Jefferson's going to get a monster contract. He probably at some point is going to feel like I should get more, and the Vikings are going to feel like we're overpaying. Yep. Bottom line, they're going to get it done. It's, it, it's not like you start at X and you go all the way to Z. I mean, you know, it, it, it's pretty diagrammed. Everybody knows the salary cap. Everybody's dealing with the top-paid positions at or, you know at their position. Uh, he's as good as it gets right now. He's yeah. going to get the money coming to him. And if the Vikings uh, want to uh, pay that price for a wide receiver, which you and I and everybody else that watches today's NFL said, if I'm going to pay a position, yep. you need the quarterback and the receiver, yep. I think they're going to be okay and they're going to come to an agreement. Who's their second-best receiver right now, do you think? Is it Osborne or Addison? Well, if you want to go second-best receiver, I know he's a tight end, but I'll take Hawkinson. Sure. But I do, th- I do think... Uh, uh, I'm interested to see what Addison can do. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I haven't, we haven't seen it because we know O'Connell preseason means absolutely nothing. So seeing what he can do, moving him around, getting open, creating separation, the speed is there. Uh, you know, I, I would say Addison's going to work his way into a number two, but K.J. Osborne, to me, was our second-best receiver last year because Thielen lost the ability to separate and really get open, yeah. and, and Osborne could, so... Uh, I think it's a heck of a number two, three complimentary wide receiver. And then with Hawkinson, you're going to need that because anybody who runs any sort of defensive schemes against the Vikings is going to double up J.J. all year long. And until those other guys prove you can't do that against us, um, you know, that's going to continue. So these guys are going to get real chances to get open and get some huge catches because they're going to be facing single coverage all the time. Yeah. Uh, what's interesting to me is that we've heard a lot that KOC, Kevin O'Connor, likes to run uh, three wide sets, single tight end. And yet, they only kept five wide receivers and four tight ends. So it right. seems to me, at least by the roster composition as it is today, and it could even change before the season opener on Sunday, uh, that we might see more two tight end sets with Hawkinson and one of the other tight ends, Josh Oliver in particular. They signed him because he's such a good run blocker. I thought we might right. see a few tight ends, uh, two tight end sets as well. Yeah, I did not understand that. They have that Muse is there yeah. four, listed as fourth tight end. Um, you know, I know that you got some special team stuff you're probably going to expect of these guys, but uh, I was kind of surprised with the four tight ends also, especially yeah. since you have one of the top four in the league. Yeah. You know, um, I, I didn't quite understand that, but, um, you know, we'll see. Uh, you know, they had Rager. He was he was the sixth wide receiver, and then he was instantly let go after the rosters were released. So, yep. um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. But I do think you're going to make your your hay with uh, three wide receivers and one tight end. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, give me a prediction for Sunday's game against Tampa. Uh, you know, I think you're probably looking at like 27-10, 27-13, something mm. like that. I think it, 
the offense might be a little uneven to start with because they just haven't played uh, in a game for a while. I, uh, but, but I do think the Vikings will certainly, I think it'll be a two-touchdown game against Tampa uh, this week as well. So, and then we'll have a Vikings game to talk about right away next Thursday when they're at Philadelphia, and that's going to be uh, a big one early on. Uh, so the Twins are kind of running away with the division, uh, especially since Cleveland, honestly, going back a little ways now, doesn't look like they were really that interested in winning the division, at least their front office. I know the players are trying to do their best, but uh, I don't know. Do the Twins have enough uh, once they get into the playoffs to to win a series and maybe make the American League Championship Series? Well, you know, you have some uh, you have some pitching uh, uh, positives. You know, yep. Lopez has been fun to watch. Yep. Uh, how about Lewis recently? I mean, yeah. I just glanced this morning. I think they played 54 games, so exactly like a third of the season, I believe. Yeah. And, you know, he's got like 11 homers and 39 RBIs. I mean, yeah. this is a – and he's batting like 320. Yeah. And so you have a guy who's hitting 300, would be on pace for a year to have, you know, 30, 30 home runs and 120 RBIs. Yeah. And, you know, we specifically came in last year, we put him out of position, yeah. uh, created – Help create his injury because yeah. he wasn't comfortable where he was. Right now, we're finally getting a look, and he's good. And and I, I'm really excited about him. Boy, I guess um, yeah. the bat. The at bats in the playoffs to me, it's a big deal because we strike out a ton. Yeah, and you know we we, we hit the long ball some. We do this, we do that, but um, our, our batting has to be more consistent. You can't strike out 15 times a game and expect to win these games in the playoffs. Yeah, so. If we can get you know some good pitch, I think we can for sure win a series in the playoffs if we get some good pitching and we we don't strike out as much. Just put the ball in play because you know what we can score runs in a hurry. Like I mean, yesterday we you know opened that game up late. Yep. To be you know at Cleveland, but um, yeah, I think we have a chance. It's probably you know I do like the Twins starting pitching for a postseason series better this year than I have in recent years because of the guy yep. you mentioned, Pablo Lopez. You're going to be able to put him out. He's third in Major League Baseball in strikeouts. So he's a guy that has uh, ace type of of stuff. And then Sonny Gray is just a, a bulldog. Uh, you know, you've got those two uh, right at the top of your rotation should give you a chance to win each of those games. I agree. And, you know, that's the nice thing about baseball. You know, you get through that first one. And then he called a real series, but you know we, we set up pretty good for the short series uh, with those two guys, and it's going to come down to hitting. Yeah, yep, yep, that's for sure. Sean, have a great day. Hey, thanks, Todd. Sean Bolson joining us on the Todd and Friends podcast. It's brought to you by Heritage Bank, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at KWLM, 1340 AM and 96.3 FM.